Welcome to A Canadian Investing in the U.S., a podcast and YouTube channel focused on Canadians buying real estate with host Glenn Sutherland. Welcome to a new episode of A Canadian Investing in the U.S. This week, my guest is Kyle Pierce. Uh, Kyle, let's give everybody a bit of an intro to yourself. Hey, Glenn, thanks so much for having me. Uh, yeah, it's an honor uh, to be here with you to uh, to chat a little bit about investing, real estate, the United States, and all of those wonderful things. Uh, I'm from Windsor, Ontario, and uh, I uh, started out as a, a teacher, uh, turned into a, a consultant, a math consultant, and along the journey, uh, I was really intrigued by investing uh, in real estate, and in particular in the U.S. back in you know 2010, 2012. Uh, so pretty well versed uh, back there, and uh, now I'm uh, I'm kind of doing all things education, real estate, and uh, and some fun in between. That's awesome, and like just buying back in that uh, 2010, 2012 range, there was uh, well, first there's a ton of appreciation that's happened since then. Mm -hmm. The market in the U.S. was really depressed at that point, and if I'm my memory is correct, the dollar was pretty close to par around those exactly. same times. Well, yeah. that was took kind of the factors that drove you into there at that time. Yeah, I was really intrigued. I, you know, to be honest, I'm I, I would say I'm a slow mover, maybe an over learner, like lifelong learner. It's it's a yeah. good thing and a bad thing because oftentimes it's like you know you go down the rabbit hole and it's like you learn something and then you learn there's a little more to it and a little more to it and then you're off over here and you know so I would say it was probably around 2006, 2007 when I picked up my first book. That was all about real estate. I knew, I knew that you know there was something here. Like I, I've got to figure this thing out. Um, you know, life was in the way. Was you know working, beginning my career, all of those things. And you know, after the U.S. market sort of took the uh, you know the financial crisis, the nosedive, all of those things, I was going. You know, like some of these homes have been you know way up here, and now they're way down here. I'm like, I got to figure this thing out. So um, that's when I really dove in. And, uh, you know, I wish I dove in harder uh, because, you know, back then I had only picked up two properties, but at the time, you know, early in my career, not a ton of, of money or net worth to my name. It was uh, at the time felt super risky. And now looking back on it, I'm going, oh my gosh, I wish I bought, you know, 10 times as many, uh, as many properties. You just mentioned your first book to get into real estate. I'm just curious, what do you remember what book it was? Uh, to be honest, there was one book and I don't know what the name was, but it intrigued me. But then the second book I picked up, which was, you know, I would say the game changer for me was Rich Dad, Poor Dad, because it really spoke to me uh, because I was a, I, I'm an educator, right? So I, mm -hmm. I was like, I was the poor dad who was working super hard to pay off his mortgage. I was putting all my money into my mortgage payment every month and like, in my mind, I was like, I'm a genius. Like, I'm so You're smart. This is hard. great. Everything's awesome. And then I read that book and go, oh my gosh, I'm, I'm basically taking all this money and turning it into debt equity, which again, better than blowing it on, you know, on things that go down in value, but um, not obviously optimal. So that's when I started learning about the home equity line of credit. And that's how I ended up funding, you know, our first few properties. So you're you're investing back in oh starting I know you're, you're still investing now but when you're starting back in 2010 2012 you're going to a new country new stuff um, if this isn't too personal like where did you screw up what problems mm -hmm. what how did what did you do to fix it how's uh, I I don't know I, I know people are always interested in like the first the first issues that they cause because a lot of people are interested in doing their first one. 
Yeah. You know, I'll be honest and say that I, I'm going to say maybe lucked out. Maybe that's the (laughs) wrong word because again, I did my due diligence, like, like, like so much. I flew down to, you know, first, first spot for me was Florida. And, you know, something I've, I've mentioned on my own podcast, the invested teacher is this idea that my intro, what got me to actually act was looking at it as if it doesn't work as an investment property that I would have a second home. So I was like, where would I want a second home? It's Florida. And I, you know, it wasn't on the beach, but I was like, at least it's like, I could feel good about that if it doesn't work out. So I ended up buying a property, which now knowing what I know was the wrong property because it was a property that I wanted to live in, right? Yeah. Instead of something that maybe someone renting might want to live in. Um, so probably went to the higher end of of the market, probably could have got proper. I know I could have got properties a whole lot cheaper. So maybe paid, we'll call it double, um, had high HOA fees, all of those things uh, was barely cash flowing. But at the time for me, I was just like, I wanted something that I felt like if I couldn't rent it, like everyone has this you know, this mindset when they get into the idea yeah. of, of rental properties, like Worst what if case. no one will rent it? And it's like, every, there's always going to be a renter. Maybe your price has to come down. Right. But the reality is there's always going to be someone to rent it. But back then I was like, if we can't rent it, it's okay. Cause we could afford the payments. And it, it was, you know what I mean? It, it was going to be a great property if we were going to use it. So that was that was what got me in. And I'm so happy I did. And I would say like my biggest mistake with those properties, I have more recent mistakes, but back with those first two properties that I had purchased way back when, I would say the biggest mistake I made was when I ended up selling one of them. Uh, you know, luckily I waited until around 2016 to do so. So there was a good amount of appreciation, but had I held it until now, you know, I would have been laughing, you know, even more so. Um, so I'd say my biggest mistake, and and I think a lot of investors feel the same way, like biggest mistake is selling. Uh, as soon as you sell, you're, you know, you're sort of going like, oh my gosh, you know, that property would be worth this much today. And, you know, unless you have a really specific spot for that capital that you're going to pull out in order to put yep. into another deal, that's going to be more lucrative. Um, you, you really want to just like, you know, pump the brakes on that and really think it through instead of, you know, sort of seeing that end result of, Hey, here's the profit I had. Like, you know, it's in there, you know, the wealth's there. And you need to trust that it, you know, unless you've got a better spot for it, maybe hanging on and, you know, letting it ride is, is a better move. I like it. Um, and then like, if someone's trying to picture this, so where, what part of Florida are we talking about? Like, is this, um, cause you also said like it was a property for you rather than a tenant. Like, does that mean there's a pool involved? Cause that's usually where I go down that path. Whenever it's for me, it has a pool. When there's a tenant, I'm like, I don't want to clean the pool for them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, totally. Totally. This one was actually, uh, the first one It was in Fort Myers. Okay. Um, now I did a lot. And again, part of my, my due diligence, which again, like too much due diligence was looking at all of Florida. And, you know, I, I could probably name you streets in every major, you know, area <laughs> of Florida, because I was looking for like essentially an entire year, every single night I was on, you know, Zillow and, you know, realtor.com and all of the, you know, all the different sites searching and looking around and zoning in and calling realtors. And uh, I landed on Fort Myers, um, you know, partially because I, I I think I liked that side. I remember going to like Clearwater, that side of the uh, of Florida on the Gulf side when I was a kid. And uh, and the it, I'll, I'll just say it, you know, Brett Croom, who was the realtor at the time, um, was the best 
um, realtor experience I had as an out of towner, um, you know, took the time, cared all of these things. And essentially it was, it was his like, you know, care for me that sort of got me to fly down there and actually look at properties. Whereas, you know, I think everybody else sort of treated me as a tire kicker, which I was, but it was like his, his dedication to me and the success that I was after is what made me go, I guess it's Fort Myers is where we're going to focus on. So that's where uh, we ended up looking and buying, um, you know, in, in short time, once we, once we met with Brett. Yeah. Awesome. So if uh, I, I, we didn't, we didn't plan this at all. So I'm really throwing him on the spot. If you're going to say anything that's changed in your investment strategy for uh, markets or anything, anything different from then to now, the way you, you buy things, the way you do anything. Mm-hmm. I, I would say, you know, there's a couple things like back then, the way the market was, it just to me, the I'm, I'll call myself like a value investor, like at heart, I love things at a, you know, at a deal, right? So I think that's what attracted me to the US in the first place. I haven't purchased anything recently in the US simply because it is a lot harder. And, you know, now I have kids, I have a family, I've got, you know, yeah. my job and, and side hustles and my own investment properties, even here locally in Windsor, Essex County area of Ontario. Yeah. And, you know, it's it's just, it's so much harder to be an expert in a market that you're not like in or that you can't commit to being like fully in the way I was back then. So back then it worked, but now I, you know, I've really kind of focused more locally. And when I want to diversify out of this market, that's when I sort of turn to looking around and sniffing out other JVs. So typically locally here, I want to be, you know, the managing partner and I'm, I'm looking for money partners, right? But if I want to go outside of this area, I want to lean on the expertise of folks like you, you know, like Glenn, if I want your area, I, I want to JV with you and I want to give you some of the capital that I'm not spending here to spread it around over there. So I would say that's like one of my biggest um, shifts in mindset is like, you know, know your market. And if it, if it's the U S maybe it's Fort Myers and you want to do that, you just got to make sure you really know it, have a good pulse on it and, you know, become sort of the, the go-to in that area. And I just feel that locally here, it's just easier because I live here and I'm, you know, I'm in and I'm around and I, I just know what's going on in the area. Yeah. Um, yeah. Interesting. And you're down in Windsor. So like whenever I hear people from Windsor, you hear a lot of people interested in investing in Michigan. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> um is there uh, a reason you didn't go Michigan? I guess it was more that you, you wanted to have the backup plan to actually live at. Michigan is not great for vacationing in the winter. Um, yeah. <laughs> hey, unless you pick some, you know, Boyne Mountain, uh, you know, some yeah, of those yeah. northern places are really <laughs> yeah. great. Gaylord and all those uh, awesome spots. But hello, everybody. Thanks for listening to the podcast. Uh, I just wanted to let you know that I created a new coaching program. I believe the new coaching program has way more value than any of the programs that have even existed in the past. What we've done is pre-recorded all the lessons so that you can work through it at your own pace, which is pretty cool. And then we're going to meet up on a regular basis to answer the questions, do deal analysis, and actually spend our time together working on things instead of spending our time learning things. I think this will make a seamless transition to buying in the United States and will help you solve a lot of your problems. If this is of interest to you, go to glensutherland.com slash coaching. I hope to help you guys invest in the United States and I hope we provide as much value as possible. Back to the podcast. Yeah, no, um, Detroit is, it's an interesting one. And actually I'm looking more seriously 
now. And, and what I'm really interested in is actually spending some time and getting over to some of the public auctions. And, you know, I know that area. So a lot of me sort of thinks is like, I want to say partially laziness now. Back then, it was like you had said, it was like, uh, you know, I never really looked at, you know, Michigan as right for me at the time, just because again, my backup plan that wa I wanted to like feel good about. Now I look at it and I think really my only limiting factor now in, in looking to Detroit more seriously is sort of developing the team on that side of the border. So yes. I, I do have some plans <laughs> to go over there. Um, one other piece as well is, you know, just thinking as well, just about, um, you know, lending is, is a little more challenging if you want to go with, you know, like a, a, a first or a primary, <laughs> primary lender. Right. So, um, that could be more challenging for Canadians. So, um, but, but it's definitely on my radar. I've been doing a lot of snooping around a lot of, you know, looking at some of the, the more like suburb markets and, and I would really like to start expanding, uh, back on that side of the border as well. Yeah. So, um, I remember just with our, uh, or interactions before the podcast, um, you're talking about you had some sort of education platform or something. You were you're at one point you're helping people in the U.S. How what did that look like? What were you? Uh, uh, was it you know helping people invest in Florida specifically, or just how to invest in the U.S.? How did that kind of look? Yeah, like well, when I did so much learning for myself, like selfishly, like I'm a, like I said, <laughs> yeah. lifelong learner. Yeah. I'm an educator. I'm a math teacher, and you know, a math consultant, and I still do that as sort of my my main work. Um, but back then I did such a deep dive that I'm like, okay, so I bought some properties at the time. I felt like I was at my max. I really wasn't at my max. I could have, you know, purchased more, but I wanted to sort of like wait and see. Yeah, yeah. And I was thinking to myself, like, wow, done so much learning. I have so many contacts. What am I going to do with all this information? And in my head, I was thinking, Hey, being able to like, imagine there was a website that I had at that time that could have led me down the path, you know? So I was calling, you know, realtors about, you know, which properties, which areas, which locations I was calling lenders. Like, what are the rules? Like, can I get a mortgage in the U S like, can I, you know, what do I need to do? How do I get the money over there? Like, do I need to like open a bank account and all of those things. And basically what I started doing was documenting the process that I had, you know, learned along the way. And the website was called, I, I'm sort of sad I, I let it, you know, sort of drift away, but it was called canadabysouth.ca. And at the time, my goal was to try to link people with different uh, mortgage brokers, realtors, and to start generating some referral fees. And that was sort of the ultimate goal down the road. So really for a lot of, like for a long time, it was just an open free resource for people to leverage. And I was just trying to build some momentum there. And then, you know, kind of ran into some licensing issues there. It's like, well, how do you get a, you know, how do you get a referral fee from here to there? And, you know, it was really early in the entrepreneurial journey. So, uh, you know, a lot of learning there. Uh, I enjoyed doing it. And, and honestly, I would say that was my start to beginning some of the work I do now, which is math consulting online, online courses, and now the Invested Teacher podcast and our mentorship program there. So we ton of learning there um, to kind of get our feet wet. And now it's sort of like we're now honing in on, you know, more of our, we'll call it our, our you know, superpowers that we can offer others in the world. I love it. You just mentioned online courses. I'm going in my head. I'm going, man, I didn't even know you did that. And now I'm going, do we go down that path? Cause I'm, I'm really interested in online courses and built yeah. some myself. And I'm like, 
or do we stick on path? I don't know. What do you think? Hey, <laughs> totally. I, I'm, I'm an open, I'm an open book here, you know? So, <laughs> Oh, I'm so not good at staying focused. Okay. Yeah. Let's, <laughs> um, we'll, we'll keep it quick, but online courses. So, yeah. um, maybe let's, uh, just cause I'm kind of interested in it. So what, what are you building right now? Yeah. Well, I mean, what we, we built, uh, over the past, yeah. like five or six years ago was actually online courses for math educators to, you know, to teach mathematics better. I'm sure there's people listening who, you know, sort of like the rich dad, poor dad story, you know, uh, Kiyosaki, so many people who are successful, uh, Grant Cardone who are successful, but n weren't successful at school, you know, like they, yeah. they, and oftentimes they name math class as one of those places. So I wanted to make that experience better for students. And through that process, you know, redefining what it looked like to learn math in my classroom, um, started blogging, sharing, and then, you know, offering online courses for teachers. So, you know, learning all of the marketing strategies that go along with it, I've learned so much. I've, you know, obviously earned some, some side, you know, income from that, which is fantastic. Yeah. But then it, it was like, wow, again, learning all of this over here has led me to go, well, I'm really passionate about real estate. I'm really passionate about investing. So that's what started this sort of other, you know, side of the, uh, of the business, which is our invested teacher podcast, uh, which is sort of like our, our top of funnel to get people interested, not only for joint venture possibilities or funding opportunities, but then also for mentorship programs and, and courses. So we're in the development of that phase. Um, right now we're just working with, you know, private, you know, folks who are looking for mentorship, looking for the support. Um, maybe they don't have like a, a good group locally. Maybe their friend group, for example, aren't really interested in the same things. Like people yeah. run into that all the time, right? Where they at the campfire want to talk about, you know, real estate and deals and everybody else just wants to talk about the ball game or the hockey game. Right. And, right. you know, you're sort of going, where do I go? Like, how do I, you know, how do I take the next step? So that's been, you know, sort of our current focus is like, all right, we love helping people. We love educating. I love teaching math. I'm like, why not take all of this, you know, knowledge and experience that we've, we've had between myself and a few partners and bring this to other people so we can, you know, kind of build that community. Love it. If someone was going to go try and build their own course, I'm just curious about the path um, you went down when you're starting this, um, it sounds like it wasn't as much about the money, right? So, mm -hmm. um, I know I hear some people, they do like a pre-sale just to make sure there's some interest in it before they start. Do you just make all the material first? Um, how do people find you to, to take this course? Like how did, how did the whole program process of building this Stuff. Yeah, yeah, that, it's a great question because I think a lot of people think, you know, uh, it, it's interesting because a lot of people ask me and and my partners who who have done some of this work with us and they ask things like, you know, how do you how did you start your side hustle for example? Right. And you know, for us it was passion driven. So we were doing it and how we generated our audience was through the sharing of everything we could do. Like we were blogging That's every day. We were all of these things. Like it wasn't a money thing at all. Now for other people, they're going, well, like, I don't really, you know, have like a, a five, 10 year sort of like runway to do yes. this. So would I do it the same way now? Probably not. But I think a good filter that people should use is that, are you actually passionate about doing the work? 
because it is a lot of work. And, you know, if you're only doing it, let's say for the dollar at the end of the day, there might be a better opportunity for them to make money somewhere else, right? Like buy, find a great real estate deal. And you know what I mean? Like you might make more money doing that for less effort. Um, whereas on the other hand, if you're passionate about teaching, if you're passionate about sharing, it could be a great revenue stream as well. Um, and I would recommend like what you had just said is trying to generate some interest would be, you know, would be key. So someone yeah. like yourself who has a podcast, that's a lot easier because you probably now have an email list that's developed, right? So it's sort of this process of like, you want to kind of, you know, have a plan, but then also kind of build the plane while you're flying it at the same time, if at all possible. So you're generating some of these, you know, these leads, building your audience, because of course you don't want to spend all your time building your course and realize you have no one to sell it to, or you have to turn to paid advertising where no one knows you. So you want to start, you know, sort of thinking about, Hey, what can I offer that out there to, to yeah. sort of get my name out? to, you know, get the no like trust factor up. And then as you start to see what people are appreciating about what you're sharing, that actually helps you with what you actually can create a course around as well. Right. Because oftentimes people have this idea, they want to, you know, record a course and it's all, all stuff that people actually don't want. <laughs> and that's, that's obviously not very good either. Right. So it, it's a really interesting piece. I would say, you know, again, build that audience as you go. And I love the idea of that pre-sale, like asking people getting on as many calls, just like, you know, yeah. I would call this, you know, our first time chatting and, yeah. and we try to get on as many calls with people to understand what they're struggling with because that's what people are going to be willing to open up their wallets for anyway, right? If you're solving a problem they don't have or don't realize they have, they won't know to buy it. So you have to hear what it is they want or need, uh, what they perceive they want and need, and then you have to sell them what they think they need, but give them what they actually need. So there's kind of like an interesting science there, right? Because if you give them what they think they need and it doesn't actually help them achieve the thing that they want to achieve, then they think your course is bad. So you have to have this, you know, balance. You're selling what they think they want, but you're giving them what they actually need. And that I think is the the perfect combination. Doesn't sound like an easy task. <laughs> it is hard. It's hard work, but it's so fun too at the same oh, yeah. time. You know, oh, yeah. as long Especially as you, you like you love. it. Yeah. Totally. Totally. All right. Kyle, this is awesome. I know this is we have to do this again. We'll have to schedule one maybe in the fall. But um now, people want to get a hold of you. They wanted to hear about your Invested Teacher podcast. They want to know about the courses. Like, where, where do they find you? Yeah, head on over to investedteacher.com. Uh, we're on all podcast platforms. So, you know, Apple Podcasts, in search Invested Teacher, anywhere you're at. And uh, yeah, um, come on a journey with us and uh, you'll, you'll hear more of me and my two partners, Matt and John. And uh, we just, we chat about all things, not just real estate, but heavily real estate, but all things investing, all things wealth generating. And um, we're kind of speaking to like the particular audiences, people who might feel like maybe they're in like a golden handcuff situation, you know, government jobs, white, you know, white collar sort of jobs, you know, doctors, nurses, teachers, and, you know, people who don't want to just sort of wait for that retirement plan to hopefully pan out for them. And they want to do something on top. Um, that's really what, uh, what audience we're trying to serve. That's it. That's awesome. I'm going to check it out. You might see a new subscriber pop up with Glenn Sutherland today. So <laughs> awesome. My friend, thanks for coming on the show, Kyle. Uh, I really appreciate it. This was great. Awesome. Thanks so much for having me and uh, hope you have an awesome day. Same. <laughs> that was a nice video. Bye.